3: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
4: the name of this song betting is regret and that's what i don't want to feel uh, at the end of of this season, and I hope AJ Preller doesn't feel it. Also, oh, regret is a terrible thing to feel.
1: I'll tell you what: if uh, if AJ Preller is the one directing the strategy of retrenchment and you know transition, looking, looking for the next three years, that's an awful lot of confidence for a GM that everyone in baseball says has got to be on the hottest of the seats. Sure, without any success this year. I mean, can AJ really believe? That if the Padres have a disappointing season this year, that he will be allowed to follow through on his plan. Hey, I know we didn't do Dad. well here in 2024, but I've got our I've got our team back under the uh, luxury tax, and I've got this plan going forward with these young guys. I wonder if the young. I
4: wonder if the rebuilding of the farm system buys you a lot more.
1: I don't know. Ro, it, you know is ro, is, is he around that. to see the fruition of right. his farm system if they don't have a decent year this year? Most GMs would probably go. I can't. I can't afford to do. I can't afford to do this because I'm going to lose those my Conversations
2: job. have they already happened with the brass? When you trade a Juan Soto, that leads me to think that there was a conversation with everybody on the same page of, hey, whatever happens in 24, hours, <laughs> we're gearing up for 25, yeah. 26. We're going to move those goalposts once ah, again.
1: But Paula, you were under the mistaken impression. The sports organizations like sports fans, they all they want to have their cake and eat it too. So you can tell AJ Preller, here's what we need to do. We need to trade Juan Soto, we need to retrench on payroll, but we also expect big things and we need the team to win. And if you don't, you're probably out at the end of the season. It's not just sports. It's not not just
4: sports, it happens in every in every industry. It's not fair
1: necessarily, but AJ wouldn't be the first guy who didn't get who didn't get all the resources he needed, and then was evaluated on that that one season, and and he knows it. But you know, he's doing what right now. Maybe he thinks is best for the organization. We will see. We will talk to Eric Grupner coming up at eight o'clock this morning. Uh, so Brian Dutcher, when the Aztecs lost last week, remember at Colorado State, saw him pretty frustrated. Not characteristic of Brian Dutcher screaming at his players in a huddle, throwing a clipboard to the uh, to the ground. And when the Aztecs lined up on Saturday at Viejas Arena against Utah State, you had two different guys in the starting lineup. Now, in basketball, you think, well, that happens all the time, right? You know, coaches change starting lineups. Not Dutch, not Fish. It's one of the actual most rare things that they will ever do, unless someone is hurt and has to be replaced, or it's senior night and he starts the seniors on the last home game of the year. Pretty much picks a lineup at the beginning of the year and sticks with it. Through thick and thin, he understands the ups and downs of basketball, and if you just continually yank guys out of the starting lineup, you're going to damage their confidence. You're going to do more harm long run than um, benefit short-term of changing your lineup. But he decided it was time to make a change. Darion Trammell returned to the starting lineup. J-PAL, who... Had only got he only got like nine minutes against Colorado State. Yeah. He went into the starting lineup. Micah Parrish and Elijah Saunders came off the bench. And you can uh It's I mean, such the... a
4: message though. It's it... also such a message to to the guys that he benched. It is. It, you know, listen, we've got to change we have to change the... not getting the job done. You're not getting the job done. The dynamic had to change. And I mean you want to talk about a stroke of brilliance. Uh got home. So I didn't I missed the first maybe three or four minutes. So I saw Powell in there just draining shots. I'm like, Oh, he must have come off the bench. No. Uh he was in starting in the starting rotation, Benny, and what a stroke of brilliance that was. Jay Powell had two points the previous two games and he was out there lighting it up, man. That was that was a really, really good victory for
1: them. he and Tremel combined for twenty eight points Incredible. going into the starting lineup, which is terrific. But the, the real genius of it is that Parrish and Saunders, after getting benched, combined for 22. It's exactly right. Yeah, you, it, it like worked both ways. It, perfect, it motivated man. everybody to have a better game. Jaden Ladie kind of played to a draw against great Osabor. Uh, who is uh, you know in contention for Mountain West Player of the Year for Utah State? More Six, like average 16-9 for Ledee. <laughs> seven seven seventeen seven for Osabohr. Good, good, Osibor. good Osibor. Yeah. pretty good, good Osabohr. Pretty good Osibor. Um And the Aztecs uh, scored an eighty one sixty seven win over the seventeenth ranked Aggies, who will uh, undoubtedly drop a little bit when the new poll comes out today. And I would think even with the loss. That San Diego State could make a return to the top twenty-five uh, later this morning. We'll see. I've been surprised before, but wouldn't be surprised to see him somewhere in the twenty-three range or so this morning, back in the AP rankings.
4: So let me ask you this: So now you found a bit of a hot hand, a bit of a spark. You 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 roll it out again? Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think it. it was a
1: one-game thing. Um, and and Dutch said. He had been wanting to put Darion Trammell. Remember, Trammell started every game last year. He was the South Region most valuable player in the NCAA tournament. And then he got hurt, and he had a shoulder injury and missed most of the you know the preseason training camp. And so he wasn't in the starting lineup at the beginning of the year. But Dutch kind of wanted at some point to get him back in there. And this was the move. It was the, uh, the Powell move. For Saunders that was a little more surprising, but that, that also paid off big time for Dutch. So. I mean,
4: they beat them handily, Ben. And you know what? It, right when I walked in, I was watching them play and I went, Oh, they look scared to lose this game. There's a there's a uh sometimes when you're watching sports, you're like, oh, you're playing not to lose. They looked terrified to lose that game at home. They were like the energy was through the roof. The everything was a lot more crisp than it had been. They looked like they were terrified to lose that game. I had some
2: friends that were there and they said they were texting me, they go, This is how Vieja's supposed to feel. It was awesome. Like it was back to that classic, just nut house. And it looked it sounded great on television. It looked great. It was just raucous. You had to get that dub. And they did. They it wasn't really even close in the second half. They controlled that yep, game. They did. But home games
1: are not the problem. They've won every single home game. They've won every single neutral site game. It's the road that's the challenge. (laughs) And, of course, they got the calls. Uh, went, shot one free throw in the game. It's like Ladie on a road game. You can't get the calls on the road in the Mountain West. Uh, It just seems like it's impossible, which means this week with two road games, at Air Force tomorrow, at Nevada on Friday, you're going to have to overcome you know, the difficulties of the travel and everything that goes against you to steal a couple of these, and, and that's going to be big for San Diego State. So uh, we've got uh take on Woods and a new prize for you if you want to play our con- game on Monday and be our contestant. 833-288-0973. we got the two-night stay again at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Tickets to Air Supply. At the uh, Westgate in concert on May thirty first and June first. So call now, be our contestant eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. I will play here in just a couple of minutes. Um, the uh, midpoint of the Mid- Mountain West season has come. So Boise State and Utah State are seven and two. Aztecs and New Mexico are six and three, and then you got a bunch of teams with four losses. Right behind them, but everybody is now bunched up, and that's why they had to have that one. If they had lost; they would have been three games behind Utah State, and still had to go to Utah State in the second half of the season. They'll have Boise State and New Mexico come to Viejas Arena, though, in the second half of the year. So they'll have at least two of those teams at home. That game at Utah State could end up being the one that decides the regular season conference title, and I think that's actually next week, uh, maybe next Saturday uh, at Utah State or next Friday one of the one of the upcoming games. It'll happen pretty quickly the return trip to logan utah so that'll be a big one but uh yeah it's anybody's ball game right now in the mountain west and after the aztecs got that win on saturday against utah state it's a good one
4: Really, really good
1: one. All right, uh, let's let's uh, let's get to it. It All is right. time to play little... We'll, nope, nope, never mind. We had calls, then they dropped he off. also let me
2: know he can't play. Oh, he can't hey, play. Thank I can't make for, it
1: today. Thank you for letting us know She you can't make it today for Take on Woods. You don't have to do
4: that uh, normally. This is
1: one of those more RSVP yes-only situations. You know, regre- regrets only, where you call... And only if you can't make it. This is not one of those situations. We do not need you to call if you can't play Take On Woods. We actually only want you to call if you do want to play Take On Woods. Yeah. And I think we got one of our regulars on the line now, so let's get to it. It's time for Take On Woods. Take On Woods. Take On me. Take. Woods. Yeah. All right, we got Guy. Guy, you aren't calling to tell us that you can't play Take on Woods this morning, are you?
2: Yeah, I'm a little too busy. To do, uh, call back
1: later. <laughs> Thank you, Guy. We appreciate that. All right, uh, first up this month and the first chance to win the two-night stay at the Westgate and two tickets to Air Supply. With a legacy spanning decades, Air Supply continues to captivate hearts now in their 45th anniversary the year. The duo continuing to play more than 130 shows a year worldwide. They will be celebrated on May 31st and June 1st at the Internet. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster. All right, here are our categories to start the week, Guy. Your choices are the mystery category, still sitting there, O to be young. Those are song titles and artists, including the word young. And our new category, Don't Call Me Edward, uh, full of musical eddies in that category. So mystery category, O to be young, or Don't Call Me Edward, Guy. What's it going to be? Let's try uh, O to be young. Oh, to be young. All right. Today's game features five answers, song titles, and artists that include the word young. You'll have uh, 60 seconds. If you don't know an answer, say pass. We'll come back to it at the end of the clock. First question is our two-second song. You'll have to identify a quick piece of music. Give me the song title and the artist. One of them contains the word young. And then after you go, Woods comes back, and same questions. If you beat or tie him, we'll put you into the drawing for Vegas. I know you know how it works, Guy. I'm kind of explaining for everybody else. Paul, are you ready? Guy, are you ready? All right, here we go. 60 seconds on the clock, the category O to be young. Guy, your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck. Let's take on Woods.
2: It drives me
1: crazy, fighting young cannibals. Correct. The 1980s featured two different hit songs with which same title? One by German synth band Alphaville in 1984, the other by Rod Stewart in 1988. Uh, forever Young. Correct. Name the rapper who broke through with his 1989 hit Bust a Move. Young M.P. Correct. Which 1975 David Bowie title track embraces a more R&B? Young American. Correct. Which Billy Joel hit from the Stranger album starts with the line, Come Out Virginia.
2: Uh, only the good
1: day so easy so easy well guy. you just smoked that category and a quick five for five you are in for the drawing for Las Vegas you don't have to worry about it the rest of the month guy knows he could be getting that phone call in early March to see air supply at the Westgate now the only question is whether it's an outright win or Woods can match it in his portion of the game I think he's got a good chance here today Me? yeah see. I think you got a good chance let's see Guy's score is locked in. Woods does it without the category to make it uh, a little tougher for our champ. What would you say is your your overall winning percentage over the last, what, three years that we've done this? 750. Probably even higher. 800 800, maybe. All right. 60 seconds on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Woods. Let's take on Guy. In excess. I'll come back to it. That's incorrect. The 1980s featured two different hit songs with which same title, one by German synth band Alphaville in 1984, the other by... Forever Young. Correct. Name the rapper who broke through with his 1989 hit Bust a Move. Uh, Young MC. Correct. Which 1975 David Bowie title track embraces more... Young Americans. Correct. Which Billy Joel hit from the Stranger album... Only the Good Die Young. Right. Which leaves us with the two-second song. Would you like to try again? Yes. Fine Young Cannibal, she drives me crazy. It is, but you said in excess. I'll have to take that. And with a 5-4 scored, guy has taken you down to start
4: the new month. Yeah, it's
1: got an NXS excess beat to it. But that was Fine Young Cannibal, she drives me crazy in the category O to be... Young ladies tell us get shot down because you're over zealous play hard to get young no, oh, that was it? It sounds, young that sounds young tell us get shot down because you're over play Honestly. hard to get females get jealous. Okay, Smarty, go to a party. Girls are scantily clad and showing body. I
4: like his when he does the imitation of his voice. Okay Smarty go to a party. Okay, Smarty, go to a party. Body. Okay, Smarty, go to a
2: party. Okay, Smarty,
1: go to a party. I mean, you could say, okay, Smarty, go, <laughs> go to, to a party. party. That just sounds Does a little formal, right. though. Yeah, right. It's not a formal party. I it's a party.
4: I definitely try to affect do the effect of everybody I sing as well. I do. I do. I do. Absolutely. <laughs> All
1: right, do. when we come back, Woods is going to sing us Fast Car in the Tracy Chapman, <laughs> Ooh, Luke Combs voice. Man. That was really good. That last night, wasn't it? Was Anyone watching the Grammys? Knock, uh, yeah.
4: knock my socks off, man. I would like to play the whole thing in its entirety. I think it it could really do a lot of good Maybe
1: do do this. Who knows? It'll make an appearance uh, coming up next. By the way, Take on Woods was brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. It only takes 15 minutes. You don't have to get out of your car for directions and discounts. Go to SoCalOilChange.com. That's SoCalOilChange.com. All right, we will have. Don't do this coming up next. How does Patrick
4: Mahomes get anything done Uh, ever?
1: Your tweet was brilliant. Thank you on that last night. Uh,
4: How does he do it? He's better than we give him credit for. With everything in his world, it's so hard to get to the level that he's at (sighs) and be that good. With everything around you in your life, it's 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 an absolute
1: zoo. Yeah, his support system is not. It's not a support system. Good lord. That is coming up next with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back after a check of traffic. All right, uh, you had a brilliant tweet yesterday. Thank you, sir. I mean, brilliant. I think I liked it. I definitely liked it. I don't know if I retweeted it, but it was a commentary on Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, who operates in the middle of a three-ring circus, essentially. Correct? Constant. Yes. It's constant.
4: It never stops. It has never stopped since he's gotten in the league. And I tweeted yesterday, how this dude competes in spite of the never-ending S-housery around him is beyond (laughs) me. Um, Outside influences can absolutely affect your life. They affect mine. They affect Paul's. They affect Ben. They affect everybody. You driving out to your job today, if things are going on in your personal life, uh, it's tough. If things are going on in your personal life and they're plastered all over every news outlet all the time and everyone's asking you about it constantly, to go out and be the NFL quarterback that he is is pretty remarkable. He's a remarkable athlete and and dude on his own you know without like any of this going on if you just look at his football career in a vacuum it's one of the best is that
1: to do, mean, what, to ever do I mean what it. can bad can you really say he had the blow up this year well, he, on the officials he, he
4: pitched a fit to the officials uh, I mean that's like the worst, that's thing. Like the worst you can thing he's really ever done
2: and all that tells me is he's one of us
4: yes he's one of us <laughs> exactly so man news broke over the weekend 53 year old father of patrick mahomes was arrested saturday night in texas according to online booking records for DWI it's not his first arrest for DWI. He was arrested back in 2019 for DWI.
1: This is the former major league pitcher, Pat Mahomes. Yep.
4: And uh, he has another one. He has three. This is now his <sighs> third. He's facing two to ten years in jail. was released on $10,000 bail. And, uh, yeah, man, the the week before.
1: I heard him doing a bunch of interviews last week. Yeah, Pat Mahomes oh. Sr., yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking about the sun and you know, the Super Bowl and everything coming up. So, this is just another Damn, distraction. Not
2: this week. Yeah, that, that, any other week, all, not I'm this all week. Weeks to do but,
1: this. Yeah, his brother, his Why? wife, and you know, I'm, he loves her and everything. But yeah, yeah. there's a lot going, a lot on. going and on, and now his teammate and and Taylor yeah. Swift, and he's he's dealt with it all masterfully. Yeah, yes. o- Over the course of this season, you know, uh,
4: it's it's a tough one, man. It's a really really tough one for Patrick and. Uh, but, you know, somebody said on, the, the, on my, my feed, they said, well, it's easy because that's the one place he can control it. You know, next to the constant S-show surrounding him, playing football is something he actually can control. It's wild. That's his release. You know, to be out there amongst uh, 11 other guys that are trying to kill you at all times and, and you know, break your limbs every chance they get. Um, the fact that that's an aspect of his life he can't control makes a little sense to me.
1: But they don't do this for Pat Mahomes no. Sr. Man. Ouch. No. All right, uh, story number two. And I'll start this by saying I don't know if women's basketball has ever reached such a peak. Ratings are huge right now. Uh, and yeah. a lot of it has to do with Iowa Hawkeye star Caitlin Clark. Uh, might go down as the best player in college basketball history. I think she's 66 points away from setting the all-time scoring record. Her games are becoming must-watch television. Networks are noticing they're putting her in primetime Sold spots. Sold-out arenas. Sold-out arenas so cool. on the road everywhere she goes. And uh, a huge national telecast on Saturday night with Gus Johnson calling it on Fox, Iowa against the Maryland Terrapins. It's all do- It's all do-do this up to this point until... Gus had a bit of a Freudian slip, or just a slip of the tongue, a flub, as you were, uh, as he was calling the game between Iowa and Maryland. And here comes Sellers. Nice look inside, great position. No call on the play as Brianna
4: Alexander had her block, <laughs>
2: blocked. <laughs> her shot blocked, excuse <laughs> me. Right.
4: That's uh, mm. that's Jim speak. Paulie. you know. like that's something you I would say yeah. on Thursday nights uh, with the tier ones. You had your ass blocked. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I meant shot. Uh,
1: they both Alexander had her shot <laughs> blocked. Or <laughs> shot blocked. Excuse me. That's it was fantastic. not bleeped on the air, though. Correct. It, it went out to everybody across the country. <laughs> oh. Got to hear the uh, raw, unfiltered <laughs> Gus Johnson. Fantastic, man.
4: Fantastic, Gus. I love it. I think you should... So I don't like the FCC. You should be able to say that in a I basketball agree. game. I would watch a lot more basketball if you could talk like that.
2: I mean, just to reiterate the point that Ben said, though, like Gus Johnson being on yeah, an Iowa huge. women's college basketball game, like if Gus Johnson's on the call, it's a big moment yeah, that weekend. Absolutely. And I thought huge. that was so cool. Absolutely
1: all right, finally huge. a little uh, do-do this for a Monday. D-D
0: mega
1: doo doo. If you are a sports gambler at all, you know there's no such thing as a sure thing. They, they wouldn't put out a bet, unless it's some promotional gimmick where they're trying to get you to sign up for something. Hey, if Patrick Mahomes throws for one yard in the Super Bowl, we'll match your, uh, your up deposit up to $25. Yep. No, this is not what we're talking about. There are very few sure things in the sports world, but my partner came across as close as you're going to get yesterday over the weekend. What did you tell everybody? What you did betting on the AT&T Pebble Beach hey, Pro Am? Tell
2: us now, since you didn't tell us beforehand. It's too late. I did tell you. I put it in a tweet. You or did. In he a put, it, in, he put it on social media. I thought already done No, you
1: couldn't. Yeah. I think you, I, the you, were, you, were so uns- you were like, am I even going to get paid for this? This is... I felt this it, it is felt such easy money. I feel illegal. like they're not going to even give me the payout. But you got paid. You made the bet, I got and paid. you cashed in on what bet was it? So Wyndham Clark decides
4: on Saturday to have
1: the greatest putting round I've ever
4: seen. I've never seen anything like. He it, made
1: Dan. A everything. They
4: they 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 added
1: it up. It was like
4: 198 feet, and, of putts. and
1: that didn't include like a. 25-footer from the fringe for his only bogey, which was a zero-putt bogey on 12. Other than that, he shot shot a 60. 12 under 60, the course record at Pebble Beach. So he races up the leaderboard and gets to the top. Yeah. And then you
4: start hearing the rumors of, the weather's coming, and the weather's going to be gnarly. So I texted Ben. I said, so tell me how this works. Well, they bang the final round on Sunday. Yeah, it's already been pushed back to a 1 o'clock starts, okay? So then what What do they do? Well, they'll try to play it Monday. Well, the weather is coming, and it's not going to relent for all week. So the fact that they were going to bang it after three rounds, I went into my uh, site, and I said, all right, I'm going to put money on Wyndham Clark, because if they bang it, he's the winner. Uh, and he had a good chance to win anyway, as hot as he was playing. He was in the lead. He, he had a one-shot lead.
1: lead over Lucas uh, Oberg, yep. Ludwig Oberg. So I put it in. And was like, all right. You got more than even money on I got more than even money. Yeah, And I'm, when they banged, they officially called it last night, said, yep. we're not going to get out on Monday. It's too wet. You're the winner. Wyndham Clark was declared the champion, and Damn. Woods was uh, sent the money without a single shot being hit <laughs> in golf. You won your bet on Wyndham Clark. I did. I did. I easiest so money bad. you're ever going to win.
4: Literally the easiest money I've ever made. I'm pissed I didn't max bet it, because <laughs> that would have been sweet, but... Yeah, I uh, made a little extra back. Smart so. thinking, Woods. Thank you, buddy. And that's
1: Don't and Do Do This for a Monday.
4: That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan.
1: Just briefly, because of the rain out at Pebble and it was the Pro Bowl and no one really watches that, it was one of the lighter sports Sundays I'd ever seen. Uh, you had your Seals game. I That did. was great. I watched some of that Incredible online. Incredible game. Incredible win last night. Incredible. Which, uh, was great. It was my lead really? sports. Yeah, oh last my night. my gosh. But I also actually watched some live golf for the first time. Just the end, the playoff between Joaquin Neiman, who shot a fifty nine on Friday, fifty nine, and then ended up in a playoff with Sergio Garcia, and it wasn't bad. The playoff that was on TV. It was on KUSI, is where I found. It. I thought it was the CW, but I found it on KUSI. Just the playoff and the coverage was fine. Uh, Neiman hit his first playoff tee shot like into the jungle, but it hit a tree and bounced out. He would have lost if it hadn't got that lucky break. But they finished in the complete darkness. They like wanted to get it done so they didn't have to stick around. Sergio couldn't see anything, hit his second shot like in the dark, way to the right, and Neiman won it. I don't know if that tells you that they're really trying to win that hard, if they're making him play in pitch blackness, but it was the first live I'd ever really watched. How there you go. And uh and Neiman won over Garcia. You in were the you
4: were sports fiending going yeah, on. Yeah, there was there yeah. was so
1: little going on this weekend. All right, let's uh come back. Uh managers in the NL West, in the news, we have Mike Schiltz, uh sit-down interview from the UT with a few nuggets that he revealed about his Padres, and Dave Roberts just laying it all out on the table at Dodgers Fan Fest over the weekend. Oh,
4: I didn't see this. I saw Mookie, but I didn't see Dave. Oh, yeah. He's oh. he's
1: locking himself into a lineup already here in February. Uh, coming up next, we've been Woods on 97.3 The fam.
3: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
1: This is for uh, John Heyman, the scoops. Hey, man. Here we have one. Uh, we don't have one at the moment. I do know you can hear Super Bowl 58 from Westwood One Sunday right here on 97.3 The Fan and free on the Odyssey app. Pre-game coverage starts at 11 a.m. Kickoff is at 3.30. Did anybody watch any of the flag football program? You you were at the Seals, so you really couldn't watch it. I forgot it was on. I saw a couple of highlights, which were actually, I mean, fun. It, it accentuates nothing but speed and elusiveness. You know, no blocking. CJ Stroud was pretty cool, like spinning around and making plays on the flag football game, but nothing you really needed. I didn't see a single
2: clip even from the football game. I did see like Skills. One of the skills challenge they're doing, they had to run through like walls that they're like breaking through walls like the Kool-Aid man. Oh. I said, oh, that's That I could do. Interesting. <laughs> Andy Reid, of course, won that one.
1: Andy <laughs> Reid's
0: <laughs> huge
2: with
1: that one, yes. <laughs> hey, Kool-Aid.
4: Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking of oh, yeah, I realized something last night when I was doing the PA at the Seals game.
3: Can I get a oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. My
4: goal call is a uh, direct ripoff of two people. I give it the, oh, yeah, from <laughs> Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid Man, Man and Don Orsillo. And then I give it the, oh, yeah. Yep, and then I give it the, whoo, which is a direct oh, Rick ripoff Flair. of Ric Flair. But I combine them both. It's the Flair-Sillo is my, <laughs> that's my, that's my goal call. <laughs> and didn't even realize I was doing it until, like, maybe in the second half. We scored so many goals. By the end I was another one. Okay. All right, number seventy one, Curtis Dixon. Congratulations. Like there were so many goals.
1: Um but yeah, it's He the- had a hat trick, Doby had a hat trick, Austin and then Stotz had a sock, sock trick. trick
4: That's six goals. It was unreal. I didn't even
1: know that terminology. It, I had to learn that yesterday.
4: A it, sock trick. It got me up on the it got me up on the wall over the glass like like, shaking the glass. I mean, it's not,
1: is nine goals like an underwear trick, and people have to just, like... <laughs> it's all nude. Yeah, everyone just has pull, to be all out nude. pull off their underwear and throw it onto yeah. the onto the field. I, I have no idea what yeah. you get when you get beyond six goals. It now. is
4: it, my, The flare-sillo is what we'll call it. Yeah, that's my flare-sillo uh, call. Oh, yeah! Oh,
2: yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo!
4: Woo! <laughs> I did it 17 times last night. It was insane. It was insane. It, the game last night, I had a couple people reach out. I had, I had told uh, a couple people... Hey, man, first game's on me. You know, like if you're on the fence and this guy Jeremy was on the fence, and I said, just, just come out to one. Come out to one. I'll give you your tickets first game. Now, this isn't for everyone, but I said, I-, I got you. So I sent him a pair of tickets. And the dude came down, said hello, and let me know. He used the tickets. He was there. And then dm me after the show. He tweeted. He goes, that was absolutely incredible. Now, that last night's game was a perfect – it was fights. These, I'm right there in the penalty box. And Paul Dawson, who used to be a seal, and his brother Dan was on the inaugural team. Dan Dawson, one of my favorites. He got in like seven fights last night. He was in the box for twenty minutes for roughing. He was laying on people fighting. I mean, it had every single thing you could have wanted from a sporting event last night. Got down three nothing blink of a blink of an eye, and I went, "Oh boy, a trap game." Because the mammoth aren't very good. And then we came out and laid the wood to them after that. And it was it was a, one of the most fun times I've down
1: ever Down 5-4 to four and you scored 11 straight goals. 11 straight goals. No. It was
4: incredible before we Thanks gave up one.
1: Thanks to winning every face-off, yes, our Trevor guest Baptiste. on Friday, incredible. Trevor Baptiste, who won like 80% of the face-offs last night, like he always does. God, it was fun, man. Pretty cool stuff. Very, very cool. All right, we're going to talk a little managers in the NL West. Mike Schilt v. Dave Roberts, both in the news a little bit this weekend. We'll do that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. I don't know if uh, if Tier One's caught uh, the conversation one on one in the UT between Mike Shultz and reporter Kevin Ac over the weekend. We printed out, it's like four and a half pages of questions and answers. Some of the territory we've covered in our conversations with Mike Shultz, but should obviously read it
4: all in your young MC voice. <laughs> honestly,
1: uh, 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 but there are some new uh, tidbits of information, and I wanted to ask you guys because you <laughs> both. Okay, go to a party. Nothing to do with it. Very productive. Uh. <laughs> You've both read it, gone through it, I assume. Yep. Um, best news that you saw from Mike Schilt. And it was a very optimistic Mike Schilt uh, talking to Kevin Acey. But what was the uh, one thing that maybe stood out to you the most from a positive standpoint for the Padres heading into spring training?
4: I think there's a couple of things, Benny, that, that caught my eye. The uh, He was asked about the health of you, Darvish, and Joe Musgrove. That was my number 1. And he said they're ramping up full gear, ready to go, no limitations, bullpens are good, mixed in a few hitters, they're recovering well, so they're healthy and ready, which I love that. Uh, and then the other one, I, I really liked that he said Manny has an opportunity to uh, start the season at third base. That's that was a, number 1 for me. That's a really big one. He says uh, he's on target to be able to get some opportunities to play in spring training at third, but I'm not going to put any time frame on it. Perhaps the most interesting things uh, that people had keyed in on, Benny, was the next question. What position will Xander Bogarts play this season? And uh, I liked Schilt's answer. He said, that's a good question. Right now, he's playing shortstop. He said, well, have you talked to him about a move to the right side of the infield? And Schilt says, not in earnest. We're going to spend some time together soon. Did a nice job at shortstop. Obviously, our son Kim won a gold glove and can play shortstop. The great news is that there are options there. Yes, Mike, you will never be short of options at shortstop when you are the manager of the San Diego Padres. But, um, yeah, the the not-in-earnest conversation leads me to believe, as I extrapolate from it, which is what we do, um, that, yeah, eventually, at some point, you're going to have to Make that shift, Xander, to closer to the bench. Doesn't mean it's a death knell for your career at all. A lot of players have done it. Um, I could totally see him being a second baseman for a few years, and then moving to first, and then DHing or whatever. We've got him. We got him for a long time. Gonna have to figure out where exactly we're gonna use. Him.
1: There's a lot of reading between the lines that you gotta do, I and mean, just the fact that he said that's a good question and didn't sense. completely shut down any talk of it. You know, adding that they have. Ha Kim as a gold glover makes you think that it is something that is certainly being talked about. Com- compare that to when he was asked about Fernando Tatis Jr. He's a right fielder, correct? Schilt, yes, he does play right field. <laughs> does he play right field exclusively? At the moment, yeah. Uh, the good news, the way our club is built, we have players that are flexible. So, you know, he's not handcuffing he's not himself to any one idea or w- any one position for a player. Um, unlike by the way, his counterpart in the NL West, Dave Roberts, who uh, spoke to uh, 35,000 Dodgers fans at fan fest over the weekend and revealed the first three of his lineup. He goes, it's going to be Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, one, two, three. They've already decided that before any of them have even shown up to spring training. I, I mean, is that a good thing to lock yourself in this early I mean, where else are
4: they going to hit? What are you going to hit? Mookie Six? I mean, no. it makes,
1: makes the most sense, I guess. It's
4: probably the easiest lineup to trot out every single it day. It does stand in, in contrast to,
1: say, last spring when Xander Bogarts arrived and... <laughs> I mean, there was so much conversation. Is it Xander 1, or Tatis 1, Manny 3, Soto 2? Where does everybody go? I don't like getting second. and I, I, get, I get my numbers, but I don't help the team as much. It's, it's an like, absolute nightmare Maybe last year. Maybe Bob Melvin just should have said... You're hitting second! ...on February 1st. Here's my top four in the lineup. Buddy, get we, ready for it as we come
4: to spring training. Like, hey, you're making acts, you're making acts, you're making X. You're going to hit where I tell you to hit what's best for the team. Your numbers are your numbers. You just got your big deal. You yeah, man, I, I'd i love the guys to be a little more careful this year with the uh, the loose lips to the media like us. But, yeah, at some point, no, Dave Roberts, that's the easiest decision in baseball right there is those three guys.
1: Uh, one thing that stood out for me, and, and we talked about it a little, but I don't think the point has been made that much. Um, we Jake Cronenworth, the Padres need Jake Cronenworth to bounce back in a big way in 2024. We all want him to do We cheer for Jake. We like Jake. Um, but he had a, he's had a down couple of years, especially what we expected early in his career. Mike Schilt made the point, which is very true. And this is, as a fan, you just have to decide how much weight you're going to give it to How it. much said, you want to buy this? Offensively, it was a little bit of a tale of two cities for Jake. You look at part of the season, it wasn't up to expectation. I think he would freely admit that. But I also, want to represent that before he got the wrist injury he was in a really good place and his numbers were actually above career average over the final month of the season. I thought he was going in a really good direction and I think he's carried that momentum into the offseason. My confidence in Jake as an overall player is very high in what he's going to bring to our club this year in all aspects of the game. And that is true. If the Padres get you know, July to August Jake Cronenworth, before he got hit by the pitch and broke his wrist. And those numbers remain consistent over the better part of a six-month season. That's an outstanding player. That's an all-star type player again for Jake Cronenworth. Problem was, is his first three and a half months were so bad that even a, a good month and a half didn't really save his numbers for the whole season. But over that stretch, right before his season ended on a, on a wild you know, pitch that hit him in the wrist, he was actually trending in an, a really good direction. Does that mean anything to you? Woods? It absolutely does. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to
4: get as upset about Jake Cronenworth underperforming uh, a, an eleven million dollar, ten million dollar contract as I am about others. I, I'm just not. I, I, the guy shows up and when he's he wants to play every single day, uh, he can do a lot of things with the glove. I'm a fan of Jake Cronenworth. You know, he, he knows that you guys know that, but I'm also not blind. You know, he needs to play better. He absolutely needs to play better. Uh, this year, and I think he'd be the first one to tell you that, and he probably will tell us that here in a few weeks when we sit down with him in, in Peoria. Um, I just there's bigger there's bigger fish to fry with me uh, than Jake Cronenworth, and yeah, you can hate the extension all you want. I get that you're totally justified in thinking that, but there's a little bit of we got to see how it plays out a little bit over the next couple of years. I'm not even I'm not even expecting him to. To to make the all star team or anything like that. I just want him to go out and be the solid ass baseball player that he can be. You know, if you're worried about Jake Cronenworth's numbers, you know, making a huge difference on the San Diego Padres this year, of course you need players like that every single season, Ben, but. That, there's, there's other guys, in, in my opinion, that have to step up and have to play better than they did last year. He's like fourth or fifth on that list. Well, it
1: sounds like he's got the confidence of his manager, Mike Schilt. And then finally, um, Schilt did not lock himself into a closer as, as he really has an all off season. Did say, uh, you know, obviously Robert Suarez has been in that role and done it, has the stuff to do it, the mentality to do it. Yuki Matsui has obviously done it in Japan for many years. We just added Wandy Peralta, who's pitched in high leverage situations for many years. I would guess, just based on that, that that's kind of your one, two, three in terms of early options, Suarez, Matsui, Peralta. I don't think, you know, uh, while Go was a closer in Korea, I don't see the Padres putting him back in that role at least any time at the beginning of the season until he's really adjusted to Major League hitters and gotten his feet wet in Major League Baseball. But, I mean, even Stephen Wilson, uh, Daniel De Los Santos, they have a lot of high leverage type arms in that bullpen. They have done a good job of addressing the departure of Josh Hader this offseason.
4: Yeah. And Kevin asked him, too, about the uh, organization's top prospects, those guys that will be in camp, as we mentioned earlier. Said most are likely to, to begin the season in double or triple A. Though it's anticipated, at least a few guys will make their big league debuts at some point this season. What are you looking for and seeing from those guys? And what can you and the organization glean from their time in camp? And he said, look, it's a great opportunity for them, with the exception of Jackson Merrill. Pretty much all this prospect group is coming into their very first big league camp. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for a continuance of what they've done. And in addition, taking advantage of the experience of not only the camp and the time with our staff, but also the opportunity to learn and grow. Appreciate the guys that have been there and done that for a period of time at the highest level very well. Yeah. Be seen, not heard, get your work in, get as much as you can from Manny and Xander and Tatis and the rest of the guys that have done it. Um, And, you know, again, these are the guys, though, that the skipper is talking about that Ken Rosenthal is also talking about auditioning for big league spots on opening day. I just don't see it as all that feasible, uh, unless it's potentially Jackson Merrill Uh, would be the only one I would see and go, okay, yeah, maybe he's ready.
1: That's what the skipper had to say. We'll hear what the CEO Eric Grupner has to say coming up in just about ten minutes. Top of the hour, you don't want to go anywhere. Our conversation with Group Dog uh, coming up here on Ben and Woods. Now I mentioned Dodgers fantasy or Dodgers uh, Fan Fest yes. over the weekend, and Dave Roberts. I know there was a comment by Mookie Betts that caught your attention this it's, weekend. It made me laugh. It made me laugh, Paul. You have
4: the
2: whole clip. Yeah, give me one second. Like yeah, Paul
4: going to pull up that clip and listen. I mean, we all. I I didn't think that this clip was anything major by Mookie Betts, but um, I did have to laugh and uh, get my smart-ass comment in, as you knew I would, Uh, and I'm going to continue that all year. Uh, But Mookie, was they, they asked him about, no, listen,
1: but Mookie, Freddie talked about it a moment ago, about how he hears all the noise from people on the outside, the expectations surrounding this team, with all the moves they made during the offseason. You've mentioned it before. This is a great time to be a Dodger. So I want to ask you, how would you define success in 2024 for this team? I mean, we just go out and we uh, we play our, play our game. I mean, obviously, we're trying to win a World Series. You know, it's World Series or nothing. You know, we're all trying to do the same thing. And so... But we can't add extra pressure to do it. You know, it, it, I think adding extra pressure only does more harm than good. I think we just got to play the same game we're going to play. You know, it's going to be tough. I mean, every, every game is going to be the other team's World Series. I mean, it is what it is. It's what we signed up for, you know. And yeah. so we have to embrace that. And then we got to go attack and, and be who we on paper are.
4: I just said that it bodes well for the other teams if it's the World Series. You guys are, everyone's in good shape. There.
1: Well I think he was saying it would be everyone else's World no, Series, no. but maybe not theirs. Potentially. That's one way to look at it as well. Yeah.
4: It's the it's the whole, you know, look, I mean when you spend a billion dollars in the offseason, you better win a buttload of games. A buttload. Like in my mind, I, I'm like if they win if they win fewer than 115 games, that's insane to me. With that, you know, health is obviously a big thing. And uh, but as they know, and nobody knows better than Dodger fans, when that clock strikes it's, October, it's a
1: real thing. Sometimes it gets overblown, but being the team with a target on your back is a real thing that you have to deal with. Padres had it last year; didn't necessarily handle it well. Uh, the all. Aztecs always have it in the yeah, Mountain yep. West. Now, sometimes they handle it well; sometimes they don't on the road. But it's a real thing for sure. Now. Do we make too much of it? Is it ultimately still a game between the lines and you've got to execute and go out and do what you do? Would you rather be the team that has the best players and the target on your back or the the team that's hunting? I'd rather be the team that has the best players with the target on my back. Yeah. I really would.
4: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, counting on your team to be a plucky underdog is no fun. Counting on them to do what they're supposed to do and what they're paid very handsomely to do, that's a lot more fun. Now, again... And listen, this is not this is not news. This isn't even trash talk to Dodger fans. They know it's Mookie himself got what one hit last year, or no hits in the in the postseason. They haven't won a playoff game in two years. They haven't won a playoff game in two years. Not one game. That's a that's insane.
2: He took for that the diplomatic franchise. approach. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was diplomatic. We got to win the World Series. What are your twenty twenty four expectations? We have to win the World oh, Series. Oh, and don't you can't. And that's different from saying we're going to win the World right. Series. You can't we,
4: you tell, tell me. You that in that locker room, when that clock strikes October, that there isn't a collective... Because <gasps> they know. They've been through it the last two years. The Padres and the Diamondbacks have broken that franchise and led them to go out and spend a billion dollars to make their team better.
1: We want to come back to that topic uh, in the second half of our program. But coming up next, less than a week from spring training, we will be joined by the CEO of the San Diego Padres. Eric Grupner will join us coming up next with Benna Woodson, 97.3 The Fan. Do not go away.